everybody. This is Breaking Pita with Z. That's me, your host, Zohar Huber. And this episode is sponsored by Dama Detroit, a female-owned clothing brand that offers comfortable, stylish pieces for the modern hustler. Check them out on Instagram at Dama Detroit, D-A-M-A Detroit, or visit damadetroit.com. And guess what? I've got a discount code, Z15. Make sure to use that at checkout, Z-E-E 15, and check out Dama Detroit. And today, I am joined, I'm very excited for this episode, by Amanda Saab, a Master Chef contestant, that's huge, Tori Birch Fellow, also huge, mother of a precious little girl, and activist, and uh, I'm going to add myself to this, a freaking badass bitch, if you don't mind. Because <laughs> you are an inspiration. I love watching everything you do. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and today we're talking about uh, something I absolutely love and everybody loves, food. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little bit about you first. Um, I know that you were a contestant on MasterChef, which is super cool. You wear the hijab. So you were quite the representation for the Muslim community and the Muslim women, breaking stereotypes that were not meek and quiet always, that we can be badasses, that we get out there. Um, And you were so cool on there. I loved watching you. Um, So tell me a little bit about your story, how you got into food and baking and cooking. Thank you. So growing up food, like for most families, food was like at the center of our lives. And we always gathered around food. My mom is like one of the most incredible bakers. And she had me on a step stool from a very young age, just like at her side, like mixing and helping crack eggs and I'm so grateful I get to do the same now with Hannah, uh, my daughter. Um, And growing up, I was in fourth grade and we had a book fair at school and I bought a cookbook. And in that cookbook, there was a cheesecake recipe. And that was like the first recipe I made, like start to finish all by myself. Oh, wow. Um, And, you know, it's like a fairly simple, you know, it's a cheese, New York style cheesecake, um, lots of cream cheese. But it was such a hit that I became the designated pie cheesecake cake baker for my family at thanksgiving i'd make like 10 pies a few cheesecakes and a birthday cake for my sister whose birthday generally falls around thanksgiving um but you know as a daughter of immigrant parents my my objective was to go to college you know get a university degree um so i i studied in social work and earned my master's in that but one of the things I learned is I really needed a creative outlet and I really enjoyed like working with my hands and baking in this way. And that's when I started my blog, Amanda's plate. It's right around the time I started my social work career, um, working as a hospital social worker. And, uh, about a year later, there was like an open casting for master chef and I went and I got on and it kind of like propelled me into a whole, whole new world of like food and like exploring, you know, how to be creative and express myself through food um, in this new way. That's awesome. And I know you mentioned immigrants. So you are Lebanese American, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so when people think food, Arab food specifically, immediately they're like, oh, shawarma. Oh, like fatouche. Oh, hummus. But like, I don't think they realize how much more than that we are when it comes to food. Like, what are your thoughts on that? 
Um, so those are like the basics. Those are, you know, that's like your starting, you're, you're like appetizer platter. <laughs> but when you dive deep into like all the stews and the really rich, like lamb and beef, like slow cooked in the oven served over rice and, um, all of these different things that are so wholesome that take hours to prepare the water and like, um, or the wali, yeah, the grape leaves. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and there's just like so much love and care. There's so much more. I feel like the, the Arab food that's presented, like that's more mainstream. That's like mm -hmm. kind of like the Tex-Mex, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like similarly, like just, it's just very basic. And like, it just scratches the surface of what we can create and what we really cook for our families on a regular basis. What do you think is so great about Arabic food? What do you think makes it? Cause I mean, people, everywhere no matter where you go will know usually like hummus and shawarma like even if they haven't had any contact with the arab world or fellow arabs or anything like they'll know that so what do you think is so great about arabic food well it's very approachable um you know these dishes are very approachable it's uh generally like so easy to to make like almost you know it's a chickpea it's smashed chickpea like it's very approachable it's very easy um and it's very light on the palate like it's not you know like this profound and i think we'll talk later about like some of the other things but like this one's like very easy um and i you know i think it's great that it's like as mainstream now as like a guacamole or yeah. like any other like dipping medium um and it's wonderful, but I think what gets lost in that is like where the food comes from, the people yeah. that create this. Yeah. Um, so like people are familiar with hummus, but you know, they don't know an, uh, a person of Arab descent or someone from the Arab world, um, which I think they should make more of an effort to get to know. And I think that's what food could be used as, as that bridge to really connect, to get to Absolutely. know, not just to enjoy the food and stop there. Yeah. Like really get to know the people. So let's talk about some of your favorite dishes, Arab dishes. Um, for me, personally, I love makluba. I think you guys say makluba, right? Yes. <laughs> um, that I know every Arab country does it differently. So everybody has their own version. But that's one of my favorites. It's a lot of work. Um, there's a lot of frying involved, um, cooking the rice and the beef, like sauce, um, cooking the beef, obviously, until it's like perfectly tender. Like my mouth is watering right now. just like a thought of it. <laughs> Um, but what's your favorite Arabic? Okay, food? I love matlube. I'm so glad you said that. Like, uh, my grandmother was raised in Jordan. She spent a lot of time in Jordan. So, although like our family is Lebanese, she like had the influence from the Ordon. Like, so, oh man, I don't know. Matlube is amazing. I remember her making that on Sundays for us. I love kibaniya. Yep, I love it. Raw, which I is raw kibbe, right? Yeah, it's raw beef. Mm -hmm. um, it's like an Arab version of the steak tartare. Yeah, like people think, oh my God, raw beef, but like no. you guys eat tartare all the time. <laughs> and sushi and like all this other raw stuff, like there's nothing wrong with it. So explain how raw kibbe is made. So you get really lean beef. Um, it's really lean and it's like pounded um, generally by hand. That's like the traditional way. Some people would do it like in a food processor um, if you don't have the time, but you like until it's like super fine and almost it almost melts in your mouth yeah and then you're gonna add the burgul, the bulgur wheat um we add kamuna spice cumin. um which is kamuna literally translates like it's cumin seeds but yeah. there's also like red pepper um there's rose petals um 
I think There's paprika's in it, right? Yeah, paprika, yeah. Um, garlic, tomato, garlic, tomato paste, and then you just drizzle olive oil and have fresh pita bread. I'm so hungry. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think we should go get some rakibi after this. We should. <laughs> I gotta tell my mom to make some. And let's talk a little bit about olive oil too, because that obviously makes the Arab world go round. We literally really- put olive oil in everything. <laughs> everything and it's delicious and people like sometimes ask me like olive oil or butter because I'm a baker so like I'm obsessed with butter um but honestly I use olive oil at least three times a day oh yeah same <laughs> like at, like breakfast lunch and dinner like yeah I use olive oil throughout the day like it's a reg it's a staple um it's so light I mean it's like full of like really healthy fats that's super delicious my mom gets like these huge drums of olive oil imported from lebanon i don't even it's more it's like maybe 10 gallons yeah um and then she we like, go through that shit like fire <laughs> <laughs> we really do <laughs> with water yeah it literally is water in the arab world <laughs> i love it they thought like um oil like for for cars was like <laughs> the thing that makes the arab world no it's olive freaking oil. olive oil <laughs> It's like, do you remember if anybody's watched my big fat Greek wedding when they use Windex on everything? We use yes. olive oil on everything. <laughs> I actually had a Palestinian friend where like if she got a cut, he's like, don't worry, put olive oil on it. And she's like, Baba, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's so fun. Like I used to do hair treatments. Yeah, same. Oil too. I know. It's got so many. So they say actually the Mediterranean diet, I'd like to think the Arab diet, is one of the healthiest diets. So do you agree? That. What do you think? It probably is. I don't know. We do like to eat a lot of rice. We do eat a lot of rice. We eat pita bread and with rice together. Yeah, a lot of meals. We're like <laughs> carbs on carbs on carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, but it. I honestly, like, I think a lot about that. But I think a lot about diet and like healthy, like foods and how we label healthy foods. But I think all foods are healthy. It's just you know moderation and yeah. you know not overfilling yourself. Yeah. All right. So if you had to list like five Arab foods that people need to try, what would okay. you say? Okay. Um, so raw kibbe might be one of them. Kibbe is definitely number one. Matlube. Yep. Um, what are anab? Grape leaves. Grape leaves. But like the sour one, not in the tomato sauce. Yeah. Like no. bzet. Yeah. Like the, oh, the ones that like make your lips pucker like my grandma yeah. makes. <laughs> God. so good um i would say uh i'm shabak i don't even know what that is um they're deep fried they're like they look kind of like funnel cakes oh the dessert yeah oh yeah oh. i'm having dessert in here sorry yeah. i have sweet tooth so like i know what you're talking about actually yeah it's like it almost looks like a like an infinity sign within like a little like <laughs> circle thingy, right? I, mean, I think yes. it's like fr- this fried sweet dough. Yes. Yeah. So it's okay. like a funnel cake and then it's like soaked in a simple syrup that's yep. um, flavored with like rose water. Yep. And hmm, either mamul or namura. I know um, mamul, which is basically like dough with date inside, right? Like ground up dates. Yeah. So, or it can be filled with, um, with nuts. So it can be pistachio or walnut and it's like the shortbread that literally melts in your mouth. Yep. Um, when made properly, it's so delicious. 
And I love when it's like textured with the semolina or namura, which is like um, a semolina cake that's, excuse me, soaked in uh, a simple syrup. And I like to infuse my simple syrup. I know like everything is, everything is simple. simple syrup. There's <laughs> like sugar. I, know. It's, it's, I love I love it. Um, I like to infuse my simple syrups though with like lavender or like different extracts that are like sometimes unexpected and um, out of food, but just like to bring like a, like a little twist that like makes yeah. it more exciting for me. Yeah. Also, if you're going to buy hummus, just so everybody knows that sabra is bullshit. That oh, please. And why are people selling chocolate flavored hummus? Can we talk about no. that? Uh, the like, what are these fake? What are these? This is a crime. This is a crime against humanity. It truly is. So hummus translates to chickpeas. So if you're adding chocolate to chickpeas, like it takes away what hummus actually means and, yes. and what it is. Um, Sabra needs to be boycotted. Um, um, they're For kind of like reasons. a BDS like list. Um, yeah. So please do not buy their hummus. And also I have a recipe for like homemade hummus. You can literally make three times the amount that you'd buy in like the eight ounce tub at the grocery store for like a dollar. I promise yes. it, dry chickpeas are so cheap. You soak them, you boil them, you add a few cloves of garlic, lemon juice, and olive oil, and you've got enough hummus for weeks. Like yes, no need also, to buy it. Babra Nuj. I'm a big fan of Babra Nuj. I actually prefer Babra Nuj over hummus, which is a replica re replica of hummus, except it's made out of eggplant. Yes, I love I love bubble. I have eggplant right now. I'm I need to make uh, some bubble ganache. Maybe I'll make it tomorrow and I'll there take it. My clothes, so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take whatever you make, girl. Also, let's talk about the obsession over garlic paste. It's so good. What do you think? I mean, like I've so I like to put it on my stuff, but I have American or like non-Arab friends who love to just like either eat it just like that. Or, like, just use it as a dipping sauce with bread. Which is funny because I never really used to do that until I met, like, my non-Arab friends who started doing that. I would just put it, like, on the chicken and a little bit on the rice. But they're, like, literally eating it like a dip. Because it's so good. So, it's basically, I mean, it's a garlic mayo, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's really fatty. Um, which is great. Exactly. <laughs> so, it feels really, so it has a really nice, like, mouthfeel. Like, it tastes really good. And it's garlic. I mean, it's such a delicious flavor um i i love that people are obsessed with like the most random things that were just they kind of make us pause like what yeah <laughs> you I know. like wait you love the garlic paste like what about the rest <laughs> of the food no i'm just eating garlic paste all day long i'm like okay good for you i guess <laughs> and when you get like that super like pungent garlic and you yes. smell like your pores smell like garlic yes. for weeks yes <laughs> um do you know how to make the garlic paste yeah, so it's actually fairly simple. So um, the key factor, so you start with a bunch of peeled garlic, cloves of garlic. You should peel them by hand. You want to yeah. make sure your your bulb of garlic is really fresh. Yeah. Um, not like garlic from China. Like if it's yeah. California, yeah. that's fine. Don't get yes. you don't check because like even the the Arab stores in Dearborn, like a lot of the garlic they have is it. I know. Yeah. And don't get the ones that are pre-peeled. Um, and then you just add like a little bit of salt and lemon juice and you just like mix that in your food processor and then you're slowly this is literally going to take 10 minutes you're going to drizzle in your neutral oil usually canola oil is what we use you can use avocado oil um not olive oil for this because it's yeah. too strong and it'll get really bitter you're making an emulsion so it's really 
really slow. You're adding fat to a place where it doesn't want to add, but that's how it adds the volume yes. and gets really big. So you just like drizzle in your olive, um, you're not olive oil, your canola oil um, over a period of time and you have garlic paste. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had friends try to make it, it always turns out too liquidy. So I feel like there's like a secret that Adobs don't want to tell other people. <laughs> Somebody so... told me ice once to put ice in it. You can add ice. You actually don't need all the additives. You can add an egg white, mm-hmm. um, and that'll give you volume. And that's similar to an aioli or a mayo yeah. made with an egg white. Um, I've heard some some places even use like a boiled white potato. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like, like you need to like stick to the basics to make it like that perfect garlic paste. Definitely. Now I know food really brings people together, and you know all about that because you actually used to host something. Um, an event right at your own house uh what was it called dinner with your muslim neighbor yes dinner with your muslim neighbor which i thought was so cool and so really you you united people of different ethnicities different cultures different religions and backgrounds over arab food so tell me a little bit about that yeah so it was actually um right after donald trump was elected and um he had called for a total and complete shutdown of muslims coming into this country and as an american-born muslim i was really taken aback and i was like what does that mean like is he saying i don't belong here like what do you mean shutting down muslims coming into america um and i looked around and i was like you know people don't really know me and don't know what i believe and so i can empathize in a way that like you know, we're like a mysterious other. We're, we're a small minority in the United States, you know, less than 1% of the population. Um, we're, we're in different pockets. So like in rural areas, people don't have access to their Muslim neighbors to meet with them and get to know them. So what better way to get to know someone than to share a meal with them? So I just like cook and invite people over and just like have an open, safe, like create like a safe space, you know, with some ground rules, just to have an open dialogue about what it's like to be Muslim in America and just allow people to ask the burning questions. And not that I'm like a subject area um, expert on this. I'm just a Muslim, like, you know, your yeah. average Muslim practicing here in America, but like what that looks like for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you, how many did you end up doing? Over 30. You wow. Over, yeah. And um, what are some of the questions that you got that really stand out to you? Do you remember any? Hmm. A lot of questions about hijab. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I start wearing it, why do I wear it? Why don't men wear, you know, all of these um, questions that we get related to hijab? Because that's easy. You know, it's very outward. You know, um, we we would receive questions on, you know, LGBTQ rights in, in Islam and what that looks like and what we believe. You know, I had one woman, this is like one of the most profound like situations I've experienced truly in life. She had watched me on MasterChef and she had said, oh, one of those people is on this American cooking show. And by the end, she said, oh, wow, I love you so much. She was crying when I was eliminated. And she's like, I I fell in love with you on that show. And then years later, the invitation came through her church for her to join and she found herself at my dinner table. Um, and she had a debilitating fear of Muslims at that time. Um, lots of Syrian refugees were coming into the Metro Detroit area and she was afraid that these refugees, you know, and it's not just on her. It's like the rhetoric of, of, of the government as well. 
she had an irrational fear that, you know, these refugees were going to harm her and her children. Yeah. But that she was so glad to have come to dinner because she realized just how irrational that fear and unrealistic was. those fears were. Absolutely. And you guys joined over food. I mean, what better way to join and have discussions? I agree. I'm hoping that post-COVID, you'll start to do these. And I'm 100% going to join you on these. Yay, like, I want to be part you. of those. Because I, I think that. it's amazing. Why do you think it's so important that food joins people? Like, what do you think it is about food that brings people together, like, from everywhere? You know, like, you go to dinners, you go to, like, events, and you see people from all over sitting on one table, you know? Like, even if you go to weddings sometimes, you know, like, mixed weddings, you see, like people just mingling and getting to know each other like over food. So what do you think it is about food that's like so important that really brings people together? Well, we all need it to live. <laughs> that's like at the most like yeah. basic, simple. Um, so we all have to nourish. Um, there's actually been studies that when you're passing a plate, a common plate of food and we're all eating the same thing, it immediately creates a bond. And creates a more trusting environment and atmosphere versus like at a restaurant where like everyone's getting something different when we're eating the same thing it creates a bond between us um and that's psychological i don't i you know um and it's it's a really intimate way to get to know people um especially i think in this day and age where we spend so much time online and just talking through a screen like you know we are now but like if we were doing this over food it'd be you know even more intimate and bonding for us and really creating connectivity between us absolutely what it is what is it about creating food and baking that you love so much i think it's you know such an easy way to express care and love um and like to welcome someone and to say, I care about you. Like here, I made you this. Um, and it's like expressive for me. I get to be creative. I could try new things. I love that process. And it's like when you're working for something on something for so long, like say, you know, you want to build a house, it's like brick by brick by brick. You don't, you might not see the end result for a really long time. When I'm like baking, like at the end of it, like I get something really delicious. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> And I love seeing that process. Yeah. And really like you feel accomplished when it's done. Mm -hmm. Like I made this. If you had to give advice to people who want to like make Arabic food or try new Arabic foods, what would your advice be? Taste as you go. It's like with anything else, like don't be afraid of like, you know, the different ingredients. If they're new, um, try the raw spices before you add them in. If you're, you know, making something, you're like, oh, I've never used cement. Just like, you know, put a few granules on your tongue and taste it like see what you're working with um definitely taste as you go and like call on your Arab friend like hey does this recipe look legit like is this good like should I make this <laughs> <laughs> and then your advice for people who want to like explore different foods outside of their comfort zone just go for it sometimes some of the best things I've eaten so I, I was lucky enough to go to japan for um chef and hijab and i tried puffer fish with the, which is like a lethal fish like you can die from eating it if not prepared correctly and i was like okay this is like <laughs> my last meal ever literally <laughs> and it was interesting but like i didn't die i could have died yeah <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Remember that one time your laugh, life flashed before your very eyes while you're about to eat <laughs> puffer fish? <laughs> oh, 
Awesome. And people can follow you. They can follow your adventures. Um, you're doing a lot of great things. You recently were um, on a show, right? Tell me yeah, about Yeah, make you. food. Thank you. Yeah, make food, not waste Detroit. So I got to meet with local chefs and bakers and bartenders and learn how they reduce waste um, in their kitchens. And really, it's just encouraging people to use ingredients they already have at home. Like there's no need to buy like a million things. Like I know at the beginning of COVID, everyone was like stockpiling on random, but that leads to food waste. And unfortunately, when we're like throwing away food, you're throwing away money, but also you're, you're potentially, you know, contributing to uh, food insecurity by like hoarding things that you don't need and you end up throwing away. So just like using what you have on hand, it was such a great experience. And really I, I learned from some of my favorite chefs in the city, mm-hmm. um, Omar Anani, Asafran Datois, Boba Fair, um, Anal for the Love of Sugar, um, Sarah, Flavorful Creations. I'm going to list them all. Pizza <laughs> Plex was amazing. I loved like they're, they're, they're so like green, Um, And it was one of the most interesting business models. They're moving towards their business being completely employee owned. So you work there, you stick around, you're going to own a piece of this business, which is so cool. A piece of the pie. Yeah, really, literally. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cool. And so people can actually, you have like, you have a website where you actually post some of your recipes, not just Arab food, but other food too. And you bake a lot, obviously. And so what's that website that people can go check out? It's amandasplate.com. And that's my handle on Instagram and on Facebook, Twitter, all the things. Awesome. So yeah, make sure you follow Amanda's Plate. Um, Go online. I've done quite a few recipes from your website and they've all turned out great. I'm sure not as great as how you'd make it, but I mean, they were, they were edible. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to add? Anything you feel I may be missing? No, but thank you so much for leading these conversations and doing this important work and really sharing the stories that you care about. I think it's really important to hear your voice and your perspective on things. So thank you for doing this work. Um, I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. Um, You're a light in our community and I, I really applaud you for your work. Look who's talking. Guys, honestly, like as part of my podcast, like my, one of my first, like one of my initial goals was to highlight badass women and you are definitely on that list Amanda like you you. are a trailblazer you know you are doing some great things and I know that you will continue to do great things and I just can't wait to continue to follow your journey so thank you awesome all right um Amanda thank you so much for being here with me today I thought this was such a great and fun discussion so I'm so glad you joined Hopefully we will meet up and you can make me some babranouge. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Some dessert. I'll bring you some treats. Something, yeah. (laughs) Um, So guys, don't forget to also check out Dama Detroit. Uh, Go online, damadetroit.com or check out her Instagram, Dama Detroit. That's D-A-M-A Detroit. And make sure you use the code ZZEE15 to get a discount at checkout. Thank you guys so much for listening and for joining. Now go eat Amanda. We got to go eat now. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) 